You're hearing the Echoes Podcast, and I'm John DiLiberto. Today, get ready for a trip into space with Tangerine Dream at 50. It was five decades ago that Tangerine Dream released their debut album, Electronic Meditation, in June of 1970. We look back at their long-lived career with interviews from founder, the late Edgar Frosa, former members Peter Bauman and Christoph Franke, and current members Ulrich Schaus and Thorsten Quaishner. I've also got comments from Moby, Mark Shreve, Ian Body, Steve Roach, and Robert Rich. We're Tangerine Dreaming today on The Echoes Podcast. Before we get there, I want to let you know about Heart Dance Records. They're one of the new labels to spring up in the last decade, covering a range of ambient electronic, neoclassical, and new age music. It's run by flutist Sherry Finzer, who you've heard on Echoes many times with her own records, ranging from the electronic spaces of Majestica to the flute meditations of Transcendence, recorded in a 60-foot-tall water tank. On Heart Dance Records, you can find the down-tempo electronica of Elion and the refracted solo piano of Peter Manning Robinson. New releases on Heart Dance include Portals, a dynamic electronic opus by Ben Blackett, the pan-global orchestrations of Scott Reich's interbeing Elements of Connection, and Sherry's new Strawberry Moon Meditation, a 67-minute work for bass flute and synthesizers. You can find this and more at heartdancerecords.com or find Heart Dance Records on bandcamp.com. And now, icons of electronic music, Tangerine Dream. Fifty years ago, Tangerine Dream began recording their electronic music in what was then West Berlin. Founded by Edgar Frosa, Tangerine Dream has epitomized the electronic age of music, recording over 150 albums of synthesized compositions. Their film soundtracks include Sorcerer, Thief, Risky Business, and Legend. Tangerine Dream founder and the last original member, Edgar Frosa, left the planet in 2015, but the group continues on with music he composed. Set your controls for the heart of Berlin as we explore 50 years of Tangerine Dream. It sounded unearthly to me. I, I never pictured people there playing it. It sounds a strange thing to say, but it sounded like it had always existed somewhere in the universe, this music, and that we were just passing it, and it was there, and while we were passing it, we could hear it. I can't really describe it as anything but, but liquid fluidity. I mean, there was a, a very soft, kind of womb-like quality that I really liked. I remember hearing it and I was like, oh, this is like machine singing to us. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. 
Beginning in 1969, the United States was sending men to the moon exploring outer space. In West Berlin, artists like Agitation Free, Klaus Schulze, Ashra Temple, and Tangerine Dream were exploring an inner space that was equally strange, uncharted, and unbounded. Tangerine Dream took us into space, but their birth took place in West Berlin in 1967. The city was surrounded by the Berlin Wall. It's, uh, it's not a jail type of situation, but it's something close to it. Tangerine Dream founder, Edgar Froza. Because Berlin is a place which is very isolated, and you can't just jump into your car and say, okay, I've got to go out for half an hour. You have to drive exactly 160 miles to uh, reach the other part of West Germany. And it's the so-called uh, Autobahn corridor you have to drive through. It's, it's maybe more a thing which lies in a sub subconscious influence. Edgar Frosa started out playing guitar in a psychedelic pop band called The Ones. She lifts her dress and floats to dreamland, makes love to the sky. She lets her hair hang down. The only recording by the ones was Lady Greengrass, but while they produced 60s psychedelic pop like the Strawberry Alarm Clock, Tangerine Dream found an entirely new musical vocabulary. She's beginning to The music scene where Tangerine Dream spawned was fueled by psychedelic drugs. Members of the group and other German bands got together and had jam sessions that were made into albums like The Cosmic Jokers and Galactic Supermarket. Klaus Schulze, who played drums on the first Dream album, was among them. Uh, the basic thing of The Cosmic Jokers was uh, LSD. That's uh, the whole basic of the compositions. <laughs> Because uh, this was a big influence of Tim, Tim Leary and um, also at this time of the producer guy who uh, was also totally influenced by Tim. A nascent version of Tangerine Dream would go on to create music for an exhibition by Spanish surrealist Salvador Dali, and no doubt that added to the already surreal tendencies of the band. These elements informed Tangerine Dream's 1969 debut album, Electronic Meditation. With Frosa on heavily distorted guitar and organ, Klaus Schulze on drums, and Konrad Schnitzler playing distorted violin, cello, and just plain noises, it wasn't a yoga record.
Sounds like Pink Floyd playing the Karlheinz Stockhausen songbook, and both artists were influences on Tangerine Dream. The band went on to release more music of freeform explorations, including Alpha Centauri, Atem, and Zeit. That last one was the first ambient chamber music album. They're already creating a new sound, one devoid of the blues of American rock, but something distinctly European. Over there in Germany, we had no roots in rock and roll. We could not compare our talent in rock and roll in any way with American musicians, even not with English musicians. So what we had to do is to step away from that, try to move through the back door into a sort of different aspects of explaining ourselves through music. You know? And so we uh, realized, okay, what, what we've got, what's our heritage in music? That's classical music and a growing part of technologies. And we haven't done anything else than combining new technologies with the roots of classical music. That's what we did. were still not an electronic band yet, playing guitars, organs, bass, flute, and drums. Peter Bauman. This was before we had the instruments that we got at the time of Phaedra. Uh, so we made noises with anything we could get our hands on. We used drumsticks to hit glass and to hit uh, anything that uh, leather and this and that, and then made loops out of it. And uh, so it was a very, uh, again, a very uninhibited time uh, in terms of sounds. In 1974, Tangerine Dream arrived at what would become their signature sound. It was a music born of synthesizers and mellotrons, charged by driving rhythms and the cyclical note patterns of sequencers. After a few years again, we said, look, if we go on that way, we uh, don't do anything good. The people don't understand it. So what we can do? We said, okay, look, let's take the rhythm back first because for two or three records we did not add too much rhythm. Let's use the sequence a bit more so that people could feel the ground they're familiar with, you know. 
and let's add all the so-called strange sounds on top of it so that they triggered by the subconsciousness. The results were a quartet of albums, Phaedra, Rubicon, Ricochet, and Stratosphere, the signpost works of their career. This is a sound that you hear on the Stranger Things and Mr. Robot soundtracks. In Donna Summers, I Feel Love, much of 1980s New Wave, and the film scores of director and composer John Carpenter. John Carpenter collaborator, Helen Howarth. Uh, even for John and I, Tangerine Dream was one of the models. You know, we, when we did Halloween 3, we put on the latest Tangerine Dream record, listened to it, and I, because I know the mechanics of that, then went in that direction because we liked those sounds, especially their sequencing. They were the, they were the best sequencer guys of the time with these very ostinato musical re repetitions, but nice choices. American electronic musician Robert Rich was one of many artists influenced by Tangerine Dream's Phaedra. I think that was the first Tangerine Dream album that really had that boom -ba -loom -ba -loom -ba -loom -ba -loom -ba -loom kind of sound, you know. It plugs right into the heartbeat, you know, and it's got a symmetry, a kind of abstraction that a certain mindset just plugs right into. And that mindset was hallucinogenic, as these were considered the trip albums of the 1970s. Electronic artist Steve Roach. The music itself has a psychedelic, mind-expanding, consciousness-exploring aspect to the sound. British electronic artist and owner of the DIN electronic music label Ian Body remembers hearing Phaedra for the first time in 1974. And this track came on all the, uh, the Mellotrons and the VCS3s and I just thought, wow, what is this? This is so cool. It just sounded like nothing else I had ever heard. It was just such a new sound. Uh, it kind of had like almost the sound of strings because of uh, uh, Mellotrons, but strings out in space. American electronic artist Moby had a similar reaction. Hearing these records in the early 70s, you know, into the mid to late 70s, and just being amazed that they did what humans weren't capable of doing. Like, you know, some of the like the arpeggiated stuff on the early Tangerine Dream records, I remember hearing it and I was like, oh, this is like machines singing to us.
Tangerine Dream's methods weren't as calculated as you might expect. When Egafrosa, Peter Bauman, and Christoph Franca decamped to England to work on their Phaedra album at the Manor Studios of Virgin Records, they were still learning their instruments. Peter Bauman. Christoph got the sequence of the Moog sequencer for the first time in the studio, and he was still getting to know it. And Edgar and I were one day sitting in the control room, and Christoph was kind of just noodling around trying to understand how it all worked. And I said to Edgar, hey, you know, this sounds really cool. Let's record it. That was the bass synthesizer and the main part of Phaedra. Their initial string of four albums on the Virgin label are considered the Bible of Berlin School sequencer-driven music. It was music orchestrated in concert, three musicians creating together in the dark. We spent a lot of time together in the studio, you know, lights out and then just start playing. And uh, if you heard some of the In Search of Haters compilation, there are a lot of tracks that were outtakes from Phaedra from that recording and they have their own unique style because we were together in the studio like we would play live. Ulrich Schnauss, an icon of down-tempo electronics in the early 2000s and now a member of Tangerine Dream. What I've always admired about Tangerine Dream that it's music that is done with um, synthesizers and electronic um, instruments, but it still sounds very, very and decidedly uh, human. And you can really tell that this is, this is music made by humans in the first place, where this, the synthesizer is a musical instrument and it's, it's not about technology uh, as a fetish. Um, the, 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 the human being is, is always at the, at the core. They'd set a sequencer running, which would repeat a pattern of 4 to 12 notes infinitely while they improvised on top. Christoph Franke. In earlier days we played like a whole piece for an evening, just sound color music. And then we uh, had audience, small audiences, spe specific audience. Like when we played in a planetarium for 300 people, we could just do that, playing two hours of sound color music and all these people laughed at it. It's a little wonder that it was called space music. The band often said they didn't like that term. Peter Bauman. Well, space music, uh, that was fine. What we really didn't like was cosmic music, and that was the phrase that came from uh, the guy who ran Ohr in Germany. So uh, cosmic music was just kind of cheesy. You know, it's spatial music more even than space music. It might be hard to believe in 2020, but this music actually got popular. Peter Bauman. I remember very well when I was on vacation in Italy, and suddenly there was a telegram from Richard Branson, and he says, you've got to come to London and do interviews. Your record is in the top 10. 
And I just looked stunned and, and said, what top 10? The band made the British top 10 and was selling out concert halls in Europe and on their first American tour in 1976. The band would find new acclaim doing film scores, among them the soundtrack for William Friedkin's Sorcerer in 1977 and Risky Business in 1983, which included their famed composition, Love on a Real Train. Composer Steve Reich was originally contacted to use his composition, music for 18 musicians, in the torrid love scene, but in the interim, Tangerine Dream created their own interpretation. Reich wasn't very happy and threatened a lawsuit. Tangerine Dream, who I knew in Berlin in 1976 when Music for 18 Musicians was premiered, had uh, ripped off Section 7 to be specific and had reorchestrated, you know, had, had orchestrated it for synthesizers, changed some details to be sure. But it was, you know, obviously Section 7 of, of Music for 18 Musicians, and obviously they had been told by whoever it was who was behind it all to, to do this because they had decided that it would be cheaper to have Tangerine Dream do the whole film rather than to take little bits of mine and have to edit them in, and it wouldn't have worked out as well. That's an economic decision. I saw the movie and found it to be so vulgar and so cheap and so unappealing that I, just, I felt like I didn't want to dip my hands into the toilet to get the money that was at the bottom of the toilet. So I just pulled back from the whole thing and said, uh, you know, I spit on all of them. <laughs> Tangerine Dream's newfound popularity coupled with new digital and computer technology began to change the dream sound. In the 70s, a Tangerine Dream concert was almost purely improvised. There were no computers and no presets on synthesizers. But as digital technology evolved, Tangerine Dream embraced it. Music became more overtly melodic and rhythmic. Christoph Franco. It makes everything easier. <laughs> and uh, you can come up with more creative um, ideas sooner. And there's a whole new dimension, the combination of acoustics and electronics. Um, which is like a um, third dimension. You can put all kinds of combined electronic instruments and forget about your keyboard castle and concentrate more on one instrument. Even as early as 1985, Edgar Froser realized how classic and timeless their 1970s sound was. That's, that's true and, and uh, hard to say that, but even for us, when we go back to the so-called old days, it's quite fresh for us. You know? It's quite fresh. Yeah, one has to be honest.
Peter Bauman left the band who eventually found the private music label where, ironically, Tangerine Dream spent much of the 1980s. Christoph Franke left for a solo career and TV scores. Edgar Frosa became the lone original member as a cycle of musicians came through the band. Michael Hernig, Johannes Schmerling, Paul Hasslinger, and Steve Jolie came and won. Frosa's son, Jerome Frosa, was also a member. He took the band into a more electronica direction for a while. As Tangerine Dream moved into the 21st century, changes began to occur. In 2014, Edgar Frosa decided to return to the sequencer sound that made the band famous. Keyboardist Thorsten Questioning, who joined the band in 2005. So the kind of um, quest or task from Edgar was to go back to sequencer-driven music, but including uh, contemporary sound design, but this, is, this was a quest. The idea was go back to the core ideas of, of Tender and Dream. Frosa himself did not have time to fully realize this new direction. He died tragically in January of 2015 from heart failure. They had just finished a tour of Australia and although Frosa had suffered health setbacks years earlier, he seemed fine to Torsten Questioning. The last email the day before was, oh, oh, I just bought more um, sound cards for the computer and we just meet next Monday in, in, in the area of Vienna. And yeah, uh, that was, was very tough and hard, so it was kind of paralyzing everything. But with the blessings of Edgar's second wife, Bianca, the band have continued on with questioning Ulrich Schnauss and violinist Yoshiko Hasana. They are a mix of repertory band and new music, and much of that new music was begun by Edgar Frosa, who left behind terabytes of sound on hard drives. He left hard disk and hard disk, tons of hard disk with, with sketches, MIDI files, complete arrangement, project files. Edgar's part is always there. Fitting, the Ergerfrosa's music is alive on hard drives and digital files. Speaking at his recording console in Berlin in 1982, even then, he thought that technology and consciousness were linked. And I do believe 
that our consciousness, that our brain is working in the same electrified circulation, you know, like like computers do. And so uh, it's a very close relationship between the technical development and the development of our consciousness. Tangerine Dream, their first album released in June of 1970. You can hear their influence now in EDM, techno, film scores, and even hip-hop. Fifty years on, Tangerine Dream still sounds like tomorrow. Documentary on Tangerine Dream was produced, edited, written, and mixed by me, John DiLiberto. I also conducted all of the interviews. I had production assistance from Jeff Town. This is a production from Echoes and BRX. Fifty years on, of course, electronic meditation sounds nothing like what you'd expect to hear from Tangerine Dream. And I know I began listening to this band back in 1974 with the album Phaedra. Last year, Tangerine Dream released an 18-disc and book package called In Search of Hades, The Virgin Recordings, 1973 to 1979. It starts out with Phaedra and ends with Force Majeure and includes outtakes, full live performances, and Oedipus Tyrannus, a lost dream album from 1974. I'll have links for them in the posting for this podcast. I've also updated my blog post, 10 Tangerine Dream Albums to Blow Your Mind. You can find that as well at echoes.org. Man, that was a journey. Next week on the Echoes Podcast, the best of Echoes 2020 so far. I'll pick out a few highlights from our top 25 at the halfway point of the year, and the week after that, Moby. See you next week, tonight, on the radio, somewhere in the country, or online, right now, on demand, on Echoes. (laughs) 